Welcome to the Blue Oasis Podcast. This is the podcast for finding peace and prosperity, learning the history of hobbies, as well as developing a little side hustle. If you want to find peace and prosperity in your life, this is your show. Get ready. You're listening to the Blue Oasis Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rothstein. All right, let's get to the show. Well, difficulty. Uh, welcome back to the Blue Oasis Podcast. With me today is Adam Rosen. Adam, how are you? I'm great, man. It's great to uh, be with you, Adam. I appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat. Okay, absolutely. It's uh, It's also... Yeah, it's also funny that we both have the same initials. Um, okay, so uh, tell me about yourself. I uh, I started my first company right out of college. So Adam, I, I believe you're in college, right? Or you just finished up college? Uh, no, I actually just turned 30 years old, if you could believe it. Oh, I like it. You're good for you. I'm 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 just a, a bit older than you. Um, but I like it. I thought you were I thought you were in college, but um I never held a real job out of school. So I went right into the world of entrepreneurship. I went to a school just outside of Boston three weeks before graduating, started my first from, I did a one-year MBA three weeks before graduating from that MBA. I started my first company that led to a tech startup, had that company for about four years, and then uh, sold that company back in 2019. In 2019, I moved out to Hawaii, started figuring out what I was going to do next. I got into some real estate development. And then I started my current company, Email Outreach Company, which is a lead gen agency. And uh, we do that for customers across the US. And I happen to do that as a nomad. So I travel the world full time as I build that company. Nice, nice. And and just curious, when did you graduate uh, from college? Uh, undergrad was 13 and then postgrad was 14. Okay. And, and I graduated high school in 2012. So just to give you um, a bit of a reference there. So what made you want to start a business? I've always been someone who's interested in entrepreneurship, interested in doing things differently. And uh, I I came across an entrepreneurship class my junior year of college and I uh, fell in love with entrepreneurship. I didn't really know what the word entrepreneur even meant until that point. Um, but then after that, I, uh, I fell in love with it. My professor was amazing. And she was starting an entrepreneur program at my college the following year. And when she was opening up that program, she needed somebody to run the program as an intern. And so I ended up becoming the first CEO, quote unquote, of that internship program, where basically we helped support entrepreneurs at my college to provide them with funding, support, resources to grow. So I did that my senior year. Um, that led into me becoming a graduate assistant. So they paid me to work at the school while I got my MBA to continue growing the Center for Entrepreneurship. And then uh, yeah, again, did that for about a year. Um, and then three weeks before graduating is when I started my first company and, and haven't looked back since. Nice. Very nice. Um, okay. So lead generation is arguably one of the most important aspects, especially in this uh, digital age. Uh, so, so with lead generation, um, how did you begin at first or or better yet i actually have a question what was your business about uh before i get into lead generation 
uh, what was my my tech startup about or my current business? Uh, your um, your first one, and then and then your uh, then your current one. Yeah, my my tech startup I had was a platform for college student organizations. So we built a platform of about a hundred thousand student organizations from across the country, and then we would sell into companies like Bank of America, Amazon, Apple, Goldman Sachs, all these big brands that wanted to one recruit students through their student organizations but two, get data on those students through a surveying platform we had built. Um, so how we got just about all of our customers was through cold email outreach. So that was uh, the big big, uh, big lead generation magnet for us. It was how we grew as a company. So when I sold the company, I started to do a lot of work with startups. And Adam, as you know, as you mentioned, you know how important top of the funnel is really for any company, but especially for startups. So one of the startups that I was advising just said, hey, Adam, talking about myself as Adam in this story. Uh, we're struggling to get sales appointments. Can you help? And that's where I called up my co-founder of that previous business. I said, hey man, let's see if we can uh, help these guys out. And that's when we built out the first version of email outreach company. Um, and then the rest is history. Nice. Nice. Uh, and and I mean, today, my um, Jason Stapleton, uh, my mentor. Uh, yeah, he's like, email is still a very useful tool today i mean not just for getting spam emails from at&t or anything like that but but also because people want to read letters in the morning i mean whether you're um on aisles fix um on substack or or something else just getting that email in your inbox that you want to read you know it's fun it's it's like news. It's it's modern day newspapers essentially today. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. It's uh, it's getting harder and harder to get people's attention just in general. You know, we're inundated with ads at this point. We're seeing on on average, and the number keeps growing, over eight thousand ads per day. So we're inundated with ads. Uh, and email, yes, it can be very spammy, but if you position things right, if you target your message right, it still can be an effective medium to get more attention, which in my case is generating meetings, generating sales appointments so we can grow our businesses. Nice. Uh, I do want to tell you something that I did this afternoon. I tried to reach out to one of my clients, uh, wanted to see if he wanted to produce an audiobook. I laid out everything. Um, and uh, and even though he hasn't replied back yet, you know, you know, getting that email out there is, you know, important because, you know, sometimes, you know, people don't want to take a phone call. They're, they're having dinner or something, but an email can just be there. And, and, you know, even if he doesn't answer it right away, you know, I know he got it um, from my sent uh, box and he can come back to it the next day and, and I'll be already prepped, ready to go too. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's what I like about email as well. Um, yeah. Email services. Uh, just curious, for someone who's starting out, do you recommend MailChimp, um, ConvertKit? Uh, what tools have you used before and what would you recommend for any newer um, upcoming entrepreneurs? Yeah, it's a great question, Adam. Number one, it depends on what your goal is. Is your goal more of a newsletter, so warmer leads, 
where the goal is more around, hey, sharing information, less about a call to action of booking a meeting with you. But are they warmer leads that you want to keep up to date? Or is it too more cold outreach where you're scraping contact information in a specific vertical where you're going to send a specific email with the goal of converting into a 15-minute meeting as an example? So if it's more warm, newsletter focused, tools like MailChimp, Constant Contact, Beehive, those are great tools for that. However, if you're doing cold email, those tools are not going to be as effective. Good cold email tools can be anything like Instantly is one we really like, we recommend. Apollo is another good one. Then there's uh, more simple tools like a GMAS that have been very, that can be very effective. So just making sure you understand the difference between a warm email, more of a newsletter versus a cold email, because the tools you'll use for them will be different. All right. Understood. Um, um, what should newcomers know about uh, lead generation before they uh, get going? Well, number one, it's learning who your audience is. One of my favorite quotes is by a gentleman named Zig Ziglar, who you know I'm sure you you know of Adam and, and probably a lot of your listeners. Um, but one of the quotes I really love is, "You can't hit what you can't see." And why I bring that up is because you have to know your ICP, your ideal customer profile, or at least an idea of it before you start any type of lead generation. Taking a shotgun approach is fine. However, you want to get as narrow as possible. The more you understand your buyer, the more you'll know, hey, I should go on this medium, whether it's email, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, you name it. But you can only know that if you know who your ideal customer is. So one, you have to figure out who your ideal customer is. Then you figure out, okay, where should I be? Should I be, again, doing email? Should I be on LinkedIn? Should I be on TikTok? Where should I be? Because that's where they, wherever you are is where they are. You have to follow where your customer is. Then how do you message content to them that's going to be effective that makes them interested to learn more? So when it comes to cold emailing, there have been so many changes that have happened in the cold email world. The old days of being able to just get a list, create an email, write some decent copy, press send to get me email and get meetings, I should say, are done. There's so much more complexity that goes into it today because of so many of the changes that have taken place and continue to take place in the email world. So at this point, when we work with our customers, whether it's full service or as a, as a self-service DIY, we call it customer, we're recommending they create between three and sometimes 10 domains that you're emailing from. They're creating anywhere from 30 emails to 100 emails they're sending from. They're writing, of course, high quality content, but doing things like spin tags. Spin tags being different variations of the same email to get past Google and Yahoo and Microsoft spam tech filters. So at this point, you have to do A through Z correctly if you want to get results from cold email, because if not, there are just too many barriers that are up there. And that's why businesses like mine um, have become more and more important because you just can't be an amateur in the cold email world, which frankly speaking, nine months ago, you could. Today, it's just too complex. Okay. Um, renting email lists. Now, this, now, now you just uh, gave me an idea, but uh, I think, but my question is, renting email lists has gone the way of the dodo uh, in your eyes? <laughs> uh, how do you mean exactly? Uh, I mean, I mean, has it's not beneficial anymore to really any entrepreneur anymore at this point uh, to rent them. Well, 
it all depends on the quality. I'm sure there are some companies that rent email lists that are high quality email lists, but it's all about the quality. Like I've seen lists from clients or I've seen lists even from us purchasing lists in the past that aren't quality emails. What do I mean by that? Number one, there could be bad data. So no names or incorrect names. Number two, bad data. I mean, just bad emails, either incorrect emails or emails that have already expired that are going to bounce. The problem with that is if emails bounce, the likelihood that you end up in spam will increase. So as long as you're getting high quality lists, there's nothing wrong with that. But there are great tools out there. I mentioned a few of them earlier, like instantly. When you can get high quality lists for pennies on the dollar of what you used to have to spend through you know, services like Zoom Info, as an example. Yeah. Yeah. I and 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 maybe I just misunderstood what it really meant to uh rent an email list because I'm because you know you don't own it you only have it for a certain amount of time and uh and and you know and just learn something new yeah yeah no, all right you rent but a lot of times people are buying the email list so they'll own the emails okay uh um so going back to your uh your uh, early days, uh, going from zero to one, getting that first sale was like, um, it, it was like, uh, how would you describe it? Well, I'll talk about my tech startup and then this company, just because I think they're both probably pose interesting things for, for your audience. My first tech startup, a lot of times I'll meet with founders and a lot of them will say, I want to build and then sell. My recommendation of founders, early stage founders, is always to sell while building. So what do I mean by that? My first startup, we had some big name customer, early customers like Stripe as an example. They bought before we had anything built. We were building, but all we had was a wireframe when they bought. All we had was a concept of what we are going to have before they bought. Now, why would they buy? Number one, they get a great deal. They get that early bird deal that others won't have after you buy, after you've already built something. Number two, we like it because look, we're giving them a good deal. They're gonna be a good beta tester for us. We're gonna make mistakes. They know we're gonna make mistakes, but we're gonna learn together, grow together. And the value they get is they got a great deal. So that's one thing I always recommend is build, build, uh, sell while you're building. Because you have to ask people if they want to buy, because if not, people are always going to tell you your idea is great, your idea is great, your idea is great, because they want to be nice. The nice thing about selling while building and you're asking people to buy is they're going to give you the truth. Either they find it valuable enough to purchase or they don't. It's as simple as that. With my current business, our first three customers were, our first customer was someone who just said like, hey, here's my problem. Like I said earlier, I was advising them. And I said, look, here's what, will you pay this for us to do this? And he said, yeah, sure, let's try it out. So that was my first customer was someone who I had a warm connection with, who trusted me that I could execute. Then our next two customers came from, one was a friendship of, hey, we're starting this business. We need your help. Can you help us? I said, sure, we'll beta test it with you too. The third was my sister who was starting her business at the time. And she's like, please let me be a customer of yours to do this. Those were our first three customers. And my co-founder and I, who were co-founders in a previous business together said, we're going to make sure this business drags us. We're going to make sure this thing works and people want to continue paying us month over month over month before we try to get new customers. 
after we test it out and start to figure out what are some of the blind spots we have, how can we make this thing more valuable? That's when we start to go after new customers. And um, how we got our, our fourth customer was through cold email outreach. We just cold emailed companies and that's how we got our fourth customer. And now we crossed the 60 customer mark for full service customers where um, over 30 of them have come from cold email outreach. And then the other, you know, 25 or so have come from referrals or from just previous relationships that my co-founder and I have had. That's incredible. That's it. I mean, it is. Um, I mean, and to start out just uh, messaging your friends and just selling to your friends is, you know, is always great foundation because, you know, most strangers do not know you, but it, it's much easier to build rapport when you have, you know, friends and family buying your stuff and, and then saying, Hey, and then when you, and then, and then friends of friends, you know, get to know you. And it's like, yeah, I like his product. I like his. And, and I like some good entertainment. That's pretty cheap for me. Yeah. I'll buy this. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all about value, you know, having something that's valuable that makes them want to pay and want to, continue paying more and more over time. And uh, yeah, for us, that was how we did our second, this, this, our current company, email outreach company. But I always encourage people, look, talk to buyers, talk to them, present them with the value, see if they're willing to pay. Um, so you, you got to get new customers. I don't care what stage you're in. There's nothing more important in my mind than top of the funnel. You have to get new customers. If you don't have customers, um, I don't want to be harsh, but you don't have a business. You have a hobby. That was one thing I learned when I was going through uh, a college, when I was starting the entrepreneur program is one of the things my advisor, she would always tell me is, Adam, is this a business or is this a hobby? And the truth is, if we're not making money as a business, it's not a business, it's a hobby. But I know for most of us that have ambitions to start businesses, we want it to be a business. It should be a moneymaker. The more money that we make, the more value we can provide to our customers, the more impact we can have. If we don't make money, it's really difficult to provide additional value. It's really difficult to make an impact. So we do, we need to. It's our responsibility as a business owner to make money. Only way we can make money is by creating value. It's the only way you can do it. Uh, really, uh, I mean, I mean, I've had my struggles with this and then there's like a month where it's zero and then, and then, oh yeah, there's 200 bucks there, but I've not hit the $1,000 threshold yet. So, but you know, you know, you take some, you win some, but I, I'd argue it's worth the risk just to put an extra $200 in your pocket, especially these days. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's all building blocks. You know, for anyone who watches baseball, like one of the nice analogies, not everything needs to be a grand slam. You know, you can get a single, you can get to first, you got to get to first base to get to second base. And it's all about stacking because you create new benchmarks as you go. You know, like for, for you, Adam, like maybe 200 is your first benchmark and then it's 500. Then you cross that then it's a thousand, then it's 2000, then it's 5,000. You just keep setting new benchmarks for yourself, but you got to get to that first one before you get to the second one. I understand. Absolutely. Oh, it. Um, is there anything else you want to discuss uh, at all? No? No, that's great.
It's great. Um, okay, uh, I guess I'll close it out here and uh, promote myself. Um, okay, everyone, uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Blue Oasis podcast. One of the best ways to support me is with my audiobooks. Uh, you have Growing Baseball, you have Growing Hockey, you have Chess the Game for Peace and Prosperity. I will come out with an extended edition for Growing Hockey, so you've got that there. Uh, if you're in the car and you're driving from Maryland uh, from, or from Northern Virginia to uh, the great state of North Carolina, um, you'll have a you you can have the full listen of Growing Baseball right there, and it's only less than three hours away. So yeah, you you can make it there on one good uh, trip with with my audiobooks there. Um, links for that will be in the uh, show notes below. Um, Mr. Rosen, uh, do you want to go ahead and promote your stuff? Uh, yeah, if you want to check out more of uh, my website, it's eocworks.com. Uh, I also have a digital nomad newsletter that currently has over 15,000 subscribers. I run this business as a traveling entrepreneur. Um, my sister is also running that the digital nomad business with me, as well as my co-founder, of my primary business. And you could check out and subscribe to that newsletter. It's the nomadcloud.com. And um, if you want to connect to me on Instagram, that's where I'm most active. It's just at Adam I. Rosen. So thanks again for having me, Adam. And uh, I look forward to staying connected to you. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. And with that being said, uh, take care. <laughs>